This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You're listening to Goodfellas Minute 118. <laughs> I know I'd go from rags to riches if you would only say you Hello, can. welcome to Goodfellas Minute, the only podcast that analyzes the Martin Scorsese picture one mall visiting minute at a time. I'm Ron Richards, and I'm here with Josh Flanagan. Go into the mall! And Connor Kilpatrick. You want to go to the mall? <laughs> this minute starts with Henry recapping the plan for the day. What? 
<laughs> and it ends with Henry pulling into the garage of his mother-in-law's house. Oh, Karen's mother. So, yeah. So, uh, as noted throughout all this week, uh, this minute starts with Henry recapping the plan for the day, which is now the plan was to get dinner started and have Michael stir the sauce, and then him and Karen are going to go try to unload the guns on his Pittsburgh connections, because those guys always want guns, and then pick up the package for Lois to take to uh, Atlanta. That is the current plan that we're existing. And evade helicopters while... And evade helicopters, yeah. yeah. So uh, exhausting. Yeah, very exhausting. So, uh, yeah, I like how Henry, Henry is still making the meatballs in the beginning of the minute and, and opens the door with the apron. Did you notice that? Yep. He, he, he puts his He's, hand underneath the apron to open the doorknob because his hands are all meaty. He would score very well on uh, kitchen cleanliness. Yeah, there you go. Other than the, the cigarette. cigarette. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But he, uh, he notices that the, that the helicopters are gone, so he puts his shirt back on and leaves. Uh, is Lois in charge? Is Michael in charge? Who's in charge? Lois. Lo- my... Lo- Good question. The, the, the drug mule babysitter. Can we go ahead and give credit to the parquet door? <laughs> By the way, Lois just, Lois just took his wine glass that he left yes. and immediately downed it as soon as he left the room. Yeah. <laughs> well, she's yeah. got to fly with a baby, so... And, no, not and, always. She didn't always fly with the baby. Yeah, that was only a sometime thing. And yeah. and and as she drinks the the wine, the camera follows Michael as he wheels over to the stove to stir the sauce, and we get a nice close up of the sauce. I bet that sauce smells wonderful. Oh God, that's a, and it's a big the big pot. It's the big I think, pot. I think it's very likely the same sauce that we saw in prison. I mean, because Catherine <laughs> would have made it. I mean, it's the same. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about Kevin Corgan real quickly. He's playing Michael. He uh, we talked about him yesterday. He is one of those fantastic that guy actors who uh, I'm always happy to see in something. Yes, um, he's always great. He's 46 years old. He's from the Bronx, New York, and he's only done two Law and Orders. Law and Order and Law and Order. Is he okay? Is he on the outs with them or something? I don't know. He has not hit. Well, he never did Criminal Intent. It's over now, so he'll never do the trifecta. Um, so sadly for Kevin Corrigan but he, his first role well, you guys will enjoy this was in an ABC after school special in 1989 called Taking a Stand <laughs> he, nice. played, he played Eric and uh, it was all about racism in a neighborhood right. did he take the stand? I don't know but, I hope so uh, it's a good chance I watched it I I'm sure love, I still love those um, so he, Kevin Corrigan's great great. he was a he great recurring role on Fringe on Community He's, you, can, you can always count on him for uh, sardonic uh, wit. And, it's, it's, and we, as we talked about on previous episodes or earlier or whatnot, he, he gave a great interview a while back on Mark Maron's uh, WTF where he talks about the experience of being on Goodfellas. Because he's yeah. a kid here. He's, he's like 18, and, and um, he, look, like, he looks so young. Like, I don't recognize him yeah, in right. this. You know, I don't see it as him. I, like it, later, like, like I found out later, I was like, oh, that's him there. You know, and, and then I kind of looked at him. And I was like, "Oh, I can kind of see his face, but he's he's such a baby in this." And uh, yeah, it's a very good. It's a very good show if you want to. He hasn't lost that baby it. fat yet. No. Yeah. No, that's fine. Um, all I gotta say is that I'm not only jealous of him for being in the movie and that what a great experience he must have had, uh, but uh, I would gladly stir this sauce all day. I bet he probably got the taste of the sauce. That's the best part. You stir the, like this is what you, 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 you give the sauce. You give the sauce a couple of good stirs. You want to move the meat. You don't want the meat to stick to the bottom of the pan. So you want to mm-hmm. circulate the meat. You want to aerate it a little, and then you just you get a whole bunch of Bread. sauce on the spoon and into your mouth. Bread. 
No, 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 no not no, while you're stirring. No, 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 not while you're stirring. No, so you get bread bits in the in the yes, fucking. That's no. just not thick it. What is wrong with you, you? You you keep revealing yourself to be a philistine of sauce. So no, you I'm, keep revealing yourself to be a, a dirty Irish guy who lives in New England. <laughs> never put bread in the sauce when it's in the, in the pot. Thank I you, Connor. That's not a rule. Yes, it yes, is. It is. <laughs> you save the bread for on the plate, and you use the bread to mop up the sauce off the plate. I raised okay. you better than this, Josh. No one's no if one's ever good, dip bread in the fucking sauce. If it's Josh. good fresh bread, it's gonna crumble into the sauce. And that's gonna thicken. No, the I bread. will admit, I will sauce. admit, I will cop to. Well, Rod, Rod'll stick like a pork chop in there. I was just gonna say, if there's a piece of mozzarella laying around, I might, I might dip the cheese in the sauce. <laughs> exactly. A veal shank. <laughs> just a, a little bit. You know how when you do the cutlets and there's the little like kind of an inch wide square of a piece that came off? Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, totally. Ron, taste the oh. sauce. Oh, he got a veal cutlet in there. That's not gonna hurt that sauce. No, it's gonna make it better. Actually, that's all it's gonna do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this day, this day is exhausting. They've been at this for hours. No, they haven't. It's only it's noon at this point. I know he's been up since six something. So well, no, he's okay. been up. He, I think been twenty four hours probably. <laughs> well, so so they leave the house and uh, the plan is to go to uh, the the Pittsburgh guys to unload the guns and get the package. But they're on the road for a few minutes, and what do they see? They see the helicopter. Helicopter reappears, and now Karen knows he's not entirely crazy. Well, so now, but what's interesting is that if you listen to what Karen says, Karen is very dismissive of the helicopter. She wasn't listening to him at all. Well, no, she was listening, and then she sees it, and she goes, okay, yeah, I see it. it it's weird. It's a coincidence. It's it's very weird. Okay. Well, I love, I love the, the very real marriage moment. He goes, see? Told you. Yep. See? <laughs> but That's what I mean. Like, she just doesn't take him seriously. I believe she says it's not anything to worry about, that it's just weird. She's wrong. She's very, very wrong. I want to go ahead and give them credit for finding an alternate gun buyer. In the middle of all well, that. He, 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 no, he knew it. He had a backup plan in his head. When, I know, either way, he had that there. In the book, he, he says that he knew that if Jimmy didn't want before even Jimmy said no, he knew if Jimmy didn't want him, he could sell him to the Pittsburgh guys. So he was it's ready still, to go. It's still yeah. that kind of hustle that makes this guy a top quality. Oh, yeah, no, that's, that's his sure. skill. No, what's actually really interesting is that I thought I going actually kind of that's a good point, and I didn't mention because I thought it was also because he's like I knew my Pittsburgh guys always wanted guns. It's just like oh that's creepy, but um, in the book in this chapter he starts off talking about how crazy things were, how his family was driving him crazy, and how he was going nuts trying to keep the whole drug business secret from Paulie, and he makes the n- note of saying that Jimmy was laying low after Luthansa, yeah. right? And because of that, Henry wasn't earning like he was before. And he, Henry admits at this point he was getting too old to stick up trucks. Yep. Right? And one of his buddies was in prison, and he was supporting his buddy's wife and kids until he got out. And, and, and on, Boston wasn't going well. And on top of that, the Boston College players screwed up on another game. So, like, at this point, Henry isn't earning as much. Like, the, without the drugs, Henry's got no business. That's basically. why he's so desperate to get all this stuff done, even when he thinks the cops are on him. Yep. Which I thought was an, a very interesting point. Like, the admission that I'm too old to be sticking up trucks. Yeah. Right. So, I thought that Not was a cowboy anymore. Not Shane anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So, Shane? um. Shane? Shane? So, so they, they, see the, they see the helicopter, and instead of going to the Pittsburgh guys, they decide to make the last minute detour to go to Karen's, uh, Karen's mother's house. Because she had a covered driveway and they could get in there and, right. not, and not be seen. Uh, so they're going from Rockville Center to Lawrence, okay? 
which is uh, roughly about, I'm, I'm referring to Google Maps here, uh, it's about 20 minutes, six miles away. So a little detour going six miles west to go to Lawrence, where her mother lives. Um, and in the book, they actually go to Henry's mother. They don't go to Karen's mother's. What are your thoughts on Lawrence? Well, we've talked about Lawrence a lot. It's the five towns. It's very nice. It's still, it's the same house across the street as, as all our friend Bruce's driveway is still there. <laughs> There's no, there's no Corvette there. Bruce like, with the tiny shorts. Yeah, Bruce with the tiny shorts. Uh, but yeah, it's the same house in Lawrence. As, but I thought, I thought it was interesting how there's a difference between the book and the movie because we saw Henry's mother way, way early in the movie and we never saw her again. But we see, we see Karen's mother more recently. I wonder why they switched it to Karen's mother's house. Yeah, uh, it raises the tension a little bit well, because there's already problems between them. Yeah. Also, that's that's tomorrow's minute. Yeah. Sure. Anyway, so so uh, helicopters, the first helicopter flight, I had, I had to really struggle for fun facts this minute because there's a lot of just people <laughs> driving around in cars. Yep. Uh, the first helicopter flight was in 1907. French brothers Jacques and Louis Brewy, uh, they only got the helicopter two feet off the ground and it was tethered. It was a very early design. The first modern helicopter design wasn't until 1939. That wasn't the, f- the first time they actually, you know, the one you see now with the main rotor and the one in the back for stabilize, to stabilize it. That, that didn't happen until, until basically 1940. Interesting. So, it's a relatively new uh, conveyance in terms of, you know, the grand scheme of things. Have either of you ever been in a helicopter? No. no. I have not either. It's amazing because they seem very routine. We've seen them in many, many films and television. And uh, I think still to be in one is quite rare. Right, yeah. It's like it's not like it's not like I ever took the helicopter from Manhattan to Teterboro. It denotes a certain era of sophistication and wealth. Yeah. Or like a rustic utilitarian. Or you're in Hawaii and you're on a tour of the islands. Right? Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah. I've always wanted to put the, the headphones with the mic. Right, and talk into it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> they haven't going. figured out sound baffling. Yeah. Right. We could we could soundproof this cabin, but we have these really cool headsets and mics. So, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I imagine the rotors are very, very loud. And, and soundproofing would be heavy too. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Someday I'd like to go on a helicopter. I think maybe in Hawaii. Maybe I'll go to Hawaii and go on a helicopter with Ray Liotta. Me and Ray Liotta are going on vacation to Hawaii. Wow, you just went. You just went somewhere. <laughs> I just went somewhere. With, you did. With... <laughs> you did. And quickly too. You had it ready to go. I'm all set. I'm all set. All right. <laughs> So, uh, some so music wise in this one, we we head back to Monkey Man after two straight minutes of jump into the fire, um, which we've discussed all these, but they're just they're just going willy nilly between songs at this point. And jump into the fire is a long song; it's like it's one of those like six to eight minute songs. That's the DJ's got to go to the bathroom song. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's definitely so. So so we're back to the Stones. Ugh. I guess it's a good. That's stone. the one. That's the one spot where me and Marty don't see eye to eye. The Stones. I think I don't know. I like the like this bit, like the nice little. I don't really like Keith Richards as a guitar player, but the stuff that's going on in this, I kind of like. Ron, is there any music here that you don't enjoy? The Rolling Stones. Yes, but like you're so when, when, when you're watching this scene, you go, Ugh. yeah. You, I go, oh no, I cr- I cringe for the majority of the scene because mainly because of the music. Oh, no, we'll we'll get we'll get to a song. You don't find it appropriate and, and working for the scene. We're, we're gonna talk tomorrow. No, I okay. do. I no, I do. But uh, th- th- this is completely no. I I get the. Connor, I get the 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 the, the logic 
artistic, you know, kind of the song matching the scene and the tone, and I get that. I just have a personal preference to cringe at the Rolling Stones in any given situation. So, so, so Marty calls just you tomorrow. Then. Marty calls you tomorrow and says, "Hey, you want to take a helicopter ride with me?" Yeah. Uh, and Mick Jagger. A small show. And go oh, see I'll, the I'll and go see the Stones. Oh, I'll like do that. I'll, I'll, I'll spend the entire helicopter ride telling Mick Jagger why I don't like the Stones. No, you won't. No, I, I wouldn't. I would that. not. I would. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Jagger. I'm a huge fan. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in the, you know, in the Unforgiven, uh, when English Bob is talking about what it's like to be in front of a king. Yes. I think that that's kind of the closest it would like that. That probably describes. No, what it's like. no. I, I, uh, yeah. Did you ever see? Did you ever see Frost Nixon? Yes. Uh, when one of the guys on the frost side yes, says, yes, yes. says, says uh, "Sam Rockwell," he goes, yeah, "He goes, I won't, I won't shake his hand." And they meet Nixon, and he's there. Hello, Mr. President. And shakes his hand. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Um, I would like to note a little bit of a detail. I don't know the model car Henry is driving very fast in this scene. How? Is it a Lincoln? Ron's dad, please email us. Or is it when, Cadillac? When, when he pulls what? into the when he pulls into the garage, you can see the. I'm trying the, to. The low, it's the it's the it's the crown the the the, the leave crown logo is around the lock on the door. Yep, which I just love. I think it's a Cadillac. Actually, I'm an I idiot for not realizing. Cadillac. Might be a yeah. Buick. They had like a thing like that. No, it's a Cadillac. It's I just looked it up. It's absolutely a Cadillac. Oh yeah, totally. Yep. To have the little the little circle around the lock, I never noticed that before, and it's so tacky. I love it. I love it. That's totally a Cadillac. Yeah, yep. right. totally Cadillac. He pulls into this garage very fast. Very, very fast. He's yeah. trusting a '70s brake on what I'm guessing are questionable secondhand tires. Well, let's. And Plus, let's he's already he's already yeah. taxed the brakes pretty heavily today. Four, hour, four hours ago, he is slammed on the brakes. Do you remember when you could feel the moment the brake pads wound down and Please. you were just and you're just on the on the screws? Yeah, like yeah. he's yeah he's pushing down these brake pads. Really, well, he could have really... glazed them like yeah. earlier. He melted them past that hot point. A lot of times they'll come back. Yeah, like like I'm... like get them too hot and then I'm... they'll be bad for a while. I'll never forget my dad got so mad at me in my first car because I, I ground the brake pads down to the point where the screws on the pads um, scratched the rotor. And, like, we took the tires off the car and then we took the brake pads off and the rotor just had th these lines on the inner part of it and they were just ruined. And he just looked at me and he's just like, he's like, this is, he's like, you ruined the rotors. So it was, it was bad. But now it's normal. But now it's normal to replace the rotors at the same time as the brake pads. Well, yeah, you do. Yeah, just yeah. yeah. On but modern back, cars, back, back it was then a bigger was deal back then. Oh, well, there's there's usually a wear indicator that like you'll start to hear it before there's a problem. Oh yeah, no, I hear you the scraping. Just drove right through that. Oh yeah, I just I was I was 17 driving a Plymouth Reliant. I didn't know what I was doing. I was I was just I, I uh, when I hit the brakes, it go <sighs> like it would, it would make you hear the to do that. You'd hear the scraping noise. So it's a, huh. it's a brake sound like. It's a brake. It sounds like it sounds like stopping. It's like a crunching, f crunching feeling under your foot. Hey, yeah, it's exactly. slowing. It's slowing down, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's doing its also, job. Also, you, you know what's my favorite point is when you push down the brake pedal and then it drops even more. <laughs> <laughs> right, because the pressure, the the brake fluid pressure is off. <laughs> oh man, I I was a big failure to my father. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Well, we're did back to dad, Ron's therapy session. Did your dad change the brakes? Himself? No, we changed it together. Okay. We did it together. I'll never forget sitting in the driveway on December, uh, cold December day, changing the brakes on my car. No. It's not a, it's not a tough job. No, no, it was not, but for me, it was like it was like splitting the atom. 
I was just like, whoa, whoa, you're taking the tire off and doing stuff underneath there? I was like, this is... Uh, you're right. He must have been so disappointed in who you so were. I gotta go back inside work on the computer. I'll be back, I'll be back later. Dad, I want to finish my video game. <laughs> Morrissey? No, no, it was pre-Morrissey. This is, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, this is this yeah. is Sonic the Hedgehog. I was playing Sonic the Hedgehog at the time. Oh yeah, no, I, okay, yeah. I'm sorry. It's all right. I was it's not okay. to you. I was I wasn't apologizing to you. No. He's apologizing to your a, father. I'm just saying I'm a father. I get it. <laughs> uh, anyway, so all right. Anything else in this minute? Do you want to apologize to your dad because he's probably listening? Uh, I've, I've, <laughs> I've apologized a lot in the years. <laughs> I'm sorry. The uh, the fuck count is zero for this minute. Because there's not a lot of dialogue. No. Nope. Karen, it's very weird. All right. Uh, all right, so let's go wrap it up for minute 118. Tune in for tomorrow for minute 119, where we'll have more music talk. And we apologize for all the music talk for those of you who don't, uh, who've complained. Deal with it. It's important. Uh, until then, you can we go stop on Twitter. Them. You can go on Twitter at Goodfellas Min and talk about how much you like the music. And you can follow us on Facebook and on Instagram at Goodfellas Minute. Uh, and you can find all of our episodes at goodfellowsminute.com. Uh, you can go to goodfellowsminute.com slash support where you can support the show by clicking on the link to shop on Amazon where you can buy brake pads if you need to. Um, or you can go to patreon.com slash gfm where you can become a patron of the show and support the show. And then if you uh, sign up at a certain level, you get a cool stickers and pin pack. Um, and at an even higher level, you get your. You know, we open up the books and give you uh, your own mafia name. We're going to do that this Friday for two more guys. We're gonna, they're going to join the crew. Um, and. And if you have any questions or any advice on changing breaks, you can email us at contact at goodfellowsminute.com. So until next week, uh, I'm going to go ruin another car. Or will I go from a rags to return? My fate is up.